Welcome to the Druids Grove, where we discuss all things related to Druids, their history, current day practices, and how to build a deeper connection and relationship with the earth. I'm so glad you're here. If you find what I have to share helpful, please subscribe and share with others that may enjoy it, and check the show notes for more information. Come on in, relax for a bit, and I hope you enjoy. Hello and welcome back to the Druids Grove. Uh, Today we are going to be talking about an exciting subject, which is very uh, integral to Druidry and many uh, pagan practices. We're going to be talking about the Wheel of the Year, uh, W-H-E-E-L, the Wheel of the Year. So the Wheel of the Year uses a wheel concept due to the cyclical nature of seasons and the cyclical nature of the year as it goes through. The seasons in the year, they cycle through, they keep rolling through, they keep turning. Um, And within this wheel, there are typically eight holidays, which we will talk about. Most pagan practices use the wheel of the year to celebrate these holidays. In ancient times, it wasn't necessarily called the wheel of the year, but these times of the year, you know, give or take a few days either way, were used to kind of keep track of harvest times and planting times and uh, the solstices and the equinoxes, that kind of thing. The term wheel of the year was coined in the mid-1960s. Um, kind of through the evol- the evolving pagan practices, they decided to put a name to it and put some specific dates to it to to bring it into a more formal practice. But it's in, been used in practice for probably two or three thousand years, uh, from what I've found, without you know a formal term. Um, Wicca calls calls these holidays Sabbaths. S a b b a t. Sabbath in Hebrew means to rest. So these Days will look at days of rest and celebration days. So within the Wheel of the Year, there are eight holidays. And so if you look and envision a big circle, uh, there's a big hub in the middle, which kind of symbolizes the whole year. And then there are eight spokes or eight lines coming out from the center to the outer part of the wheel. And they all connect back to the center, kind of demonstrating their connection to this whole annual cycle. So the eight holidays, we have the two solstices in winter and summer. We have the two equinoxes in spring and fall. And equinox just means um, where the sun is equal at the, is crossing over the equator. And those are in March and September. Most people are familiar with those four holidays. So in between these are the other four holidays. And they keep track um, of various reasons in different different seasons. Uh, Again, kind of related to times to plant, harvesting, um, some of the pagan uh, nature-based spiritual practice attribute specific gods or goddesses to each one um, and they have kind of certain practices that go along with each holiday they are spaced about six weeks apart so that way you're kind of celebrating a, a cyclical acknowledgement of the change of the year every six weeks or so again these days are kind of give or take a few days either way but there is a formal date now, but back, you know, thousands of years ago, it was kind of a more of the concept of, you know, a time of year within the, the seasons changing. And this kind of helped to keep track of the earth cycles and the weather cycles and the changing of the seasons. So these other four days are in between the solstices and the equinoxes. Uh, many current day holidays, uh, which are in the Christian calendar, come from older pagan holidays and practices. There's some contention and discussion about this, and uh, many people don't like to acknowledge it, and some even even say that that's just not absolutely not true. 
Um, but when we when we investigate the current names that we use for many of these holidays and how the dates correlate with older pagan holiday dates, uh, you can definitely see where it comes in. So a lot of the pagan practices, um, but um, mostly Druidry um, that I'm familiar with, uses the Celtic calendar. So the Celtic calendar, um, you know, as we talked about in the first couple of episodes, um, Celtic Druidry is kind of the whole Northwestern European, you know, British, British, Scottish, Irish, uh, the Gaul, Gaulish, G-A-U-L-I-S-H area um, from thousands of years ago. Those were all considered Celtics. Um, but their their year started and began at Halloween, which in in the Wheel of the Year and in these pagan holidays is called Samhain. So if you look it up, it, it's a, it sounds really weird. It sounds odd, Samhain, but it's spelled, there's different spellings, S-A-M-N. H-A-I-N. There are some other spellings, S-A-M-H-E-I-N, and there, there are even other spellings. It looks like Samhain, but it's pronounced Samhain. So the reason that this was considered the, the beginning of the year is that up until this time, you know, the end of October, everything is winding down, the crops are dying, everything, all the trees and the plants are dying. Um, the seeds for the next year have not been planted, so this was kind of a time that's considered a liminal space, and we talked earlier about how in Druidry, liminal spaces are very important. So a liminal space is something in between two very distinct areas. So it could be time, it could be space, um, you know, so at the, at the interaction between the shore and the sea, um, you know, or the sky and the earth. Those are kind of liminal spaces. Uh, Samhain is about the the liminal space between the end of one year and the beginning of the next year. Um, this was also a time considered to be um, a time between death and the beginnings of new life. It was a time between worlds. Um, so they talk about uh, honoring the ancestors at this time, and they say that the the veil to the other world is thinnest at this time. So that's kind of a where the concept of Halloween and setting the um, celebrating the ancestors comes from. So we move on from Halloween or Samhain, and we go to um, around Christmas time. Christmas is a Christian term, obviously. Um, some of the pagan practices call it Yule, Y-U-L. Uh, Druidry calls it Alban Arthan, A-L-B-A-N. Arthan is A-R-T-H-A-N. And so again, this is December. Um, around the end of December, um, Christians adopted it, you know, and call it Christmas. Uh, M-A-S, the term mas, means celebration or getting together to celebrate, gathering. So it would be a getting together, gathering, celebration for Christ. Now, when we look at this, why is the birth of Jesus celebrated at this time of year? So the myth of the birth of Jesus at this time of year comes from the pagan practices of the winter solstice. So the winter solstice is usually around December 21st, 22nd, and that is when the sun has reached the, the lowest point in the sky in the southern hemisphere, and the earth is starting to tilt on its axis, and the light is returning. So the, the days are going to start getting longer. So where this comes into becoming a Christian holiday is if you look at the return of the sun, S-U-N, so the light is coming back, the sun, S-U-N, is coming back. 
So they took that and made it the S-O-N, the sun is coming back. And the reason it's on the 25th is there's a, when the earth is tilting on its axis, there's about a three-day period where it, it is kind of stationary. So it's tilting one way, and then the 22nd is when it's, or 21st, 22nd is when it starts coming back around. But there's a three-day window where it kind of stays, the earth is kind of stationary while it's pivoting around. And then about the 25th is when the days start getting longer. So that's where the birth of the sun comes from. So we're shifting from darkness into light. So that's where the term Christmas comes from. So Christ is Jesus, Moss is gathering and celebrating the return of the sun. But in pagan practices, we are also celebrating the return of the sun, S-U-N. So that's where that comes from. So six weeks after Christmas or Yule or Albin Arthen, we have what is called Imbolc. I-M-B-O-L-C. This is around February 2nd. Um, in the United States, we celebrate Groundhog Day on this day. Again, it's kind of a way to look and see whether or not we're going to have more winter or we're going to have uh, an early spring. Um, in Celtic practices, Imbolc means in the belly of the mother or lamb's milk because this time of year, um, about six weeks after Yule or so, was when they first got, got the first uh, milk of the year from uh, the sheep. So the, the lambs were being born and the the sheep would start producing milk. Um, and this the goddess attributed to this holiday is the goddess Brigid. So she is the goddess of poetry, fire, and rebirth. So we can kind of see where that comes from. Early, early spring, end of winter. You know, we're looking at starting to get back into feeling alive again. You know, the, the, the fire of life and, and rebirth and uh, animals are starting to stir again and, and life is returning to the earth. So we're kind of setting plans for when the days are starting to get longer and get warmer and what we want to do with that. So then after that, a few weeks later, six weeks later, we have the spring equinox. So again, the equinox is uh, when the sun has passed over the equator and moving either north or south, depending on which hemisphere you're in. Um, in Celtic practices, this is called Ostara, O-S-T-A-R-A. In Druidry practices, it's called Alban Eiler, A-L-B-A-N-E-I-L-E-R. So if we look at Ostara, that is where the term Easter comes from, Ostara, Easter. And there are, there are different interpretations from other uh, pagan practices. I'm not going to go in depth about those. You can look those up as well, but they have kind of different gods and goddesses attributed to them. So we're talking about Druidry. So this time of year with the equinox, you know, we're looking at the rebirth of the of the earth, the trees and the plants and everything, you know, everything's coming back to life. So that's why a lot of the symbolism around this time is about eggs and rabbits, you know, birth and rabbits breed and produce like crazy. Uh, resurrection, you know, spring is coming back. And then so this is where the concept in Christian practices is about the rebirth, uh, the crucifixion and rebirth of Jesus, because Jesus is returning, you know, spring is returning, life is returning. And again, we have that uh, kind of three-day window again. So the the idea, you know, that they, that Jesus was um, crucified and, and placed in the chamber and then resurrected three days later is kind of the, the same principle we were talking about, like um, around... Uh, Christmas, Christmas time, same same idea. So then from the spring equinox, we move on to what's called Beltane. Um, 
this is um, what the, the the four other holidays are called fire festivals because a lot of times they're they kind of have to do with fire in one way or another. Um, but Beltane is called May Day. It's in the first of May, um, and so this is also about the return of life and flowers and and trees and crops and all that stuff are being planted. So. Um, symbolically at this time of year in Druidry, at that time of year in Beltane, is when Kernunos, he is kind of a nature-based god, the god of the woods, the god of the forest, the god of the hunt, and Brigid, um, which we talked about, um, where she is uh, on Imbolc in February. So she is in February, Imbolc, you know, early spring, creativity, that kind of thing. Kernunos is like the summer god. He's like in the forest hunting living life full of full of vigor you know that kind of thing so this time beltane is kind of a place in between where kanunos and bridget come together and you know come together and bring life back to the earth so then we move on to what is called uh, the summer solstice is called litha l-i-t-h-a or in druidry it's called alban heffen a-l-b-a-n-f-e sorry h-e-f-i-n that's the summer solstice, which is where the earth is tilting, and it's the opposite of Yule or the winter solstice. So now we're at the peak of the sun in the longest days. You know, the earth is about to start shifting back into the darker times. Um, this was a time... Um, there's, a, there's a myth in Druidry about the Holly King and the Oak King. So... From the winter solstice to the summer solstice, the Oak King is in charge. So, the and they battle at both the winter solstice and the summer solstice. And in the winter solstice, the Oak King wins, and he takes over and is all about bringing life back to the earth and planting trees and growth and and rejuvenation. And then at the summer solstice, the Oak King and the Holly King come back together and they fight again for for who's in charge of the year. These are these are all old myths, of course. Um, so then. At the summer solstice, the Holly King, so that's, we think about Holly is associated with the winter months and Christmas and that kind of thing. Um, so the Holly King wins because he is all about um, winding things down and helping things die and erode and, and decay and, and getting back to the cold time of year. So the next one after the winter or the summer solstice is Lunasa, L-U-G-H-N-A-S-A. Uh, the god associated with this in some Celtic practices is Lu, L-U-G-H. That's where that comes from. Uh, in ancient Christ Christian times, they called it Lamas, L-A-M-M-A-S, or which means loaf, mass, like a loaf of bread, L-O-A-F. So the word ma mass or mas, M-A-S, means gathering. So it's a gathering for bread or a gathering for grains and the harvest celebration. It's the first harvest celebration of the year, of which there are three. So this is August 1st, so again about six weeks or so after the summer solstice. And so this is the first harvest season of the year. So it's still summer, but things are slowly starting to change and people are starting to harvest what they planted in the early spring. And then after that, we have uh, Mabon, or in Druidry practices, Albin Elfid, A-L-B-A-N, E-L-F-E-D. And I talked about that recently, and I think in the first episode I did a little talk about it when I was at beside a creek. So this is the fall equinox. And so this is the second harvest. 
And then after this, we go back to Samhain, which is the third harvest festival. And then the year starts over. So why, you know, we talked about why they did this, and, and partly it was to keep track of harvest and planting and, and all these different things. But also, if we look at it metaphorically, Druidry really focuses on applying the wheel of the year and connecting with it and understanding it and looking at it metaphorically and how it appears in our own selves. So if we look at the seasons, there are seasonal changes in us as well, both in an annual cycle and over the course of our whole lives. You know, in old times, winter was very long. Uh, it was very hard. There was little food. It was a time of sheltering in, um, you know, protection and time for deep thought, isolation, you know, preparing ideas for the next year it was considered the dead time, you know. Um, so in some practices, this is like a time of incubation. So metaphorically, this could be the time when, you know, we, uh, our mothers were impregnated and we're, um, you know, we're in gestation and we're growing and we're building and we're, we're planning and looking at the future. So from that winter and incubation time, you know, rebirth from a previous life, we transition over to springtime. And springtime in a, a human lifespan is like, uh, you know, the, the, the time of being a child and, and, and frivolity and playfulness and, and early growth. And then summertime is the time of the adult. And then fall is the time of older age. You know, and then we go into winter, which was, has a lot of symbolism with death. So as we get older, you know, we get into fall, metaphorically speaking, that's kind of where we're at right now. It's a time of looking back either just over the past year and harvesting what you've done in your life for the past year. Or if you look at it metaphorically, if you're an older person, you might look back at your whole life and look at what you've harvested and what you've done. So there are many ways to kind of look at the wheel of the year and that we've kind of talked about. Another way some pagans... Um, mainly Wiccans uh, relate to the Wheel of the Year, is the aspect of um, Maiden, Mother, and Crone. So if we look at Mother Earth as kind of um, a lifespan of a woman over the course of a year, um, you know, we have the wintertime where, you know, gestation and right before birth, and then we have birth in the spring. So that's the, the you know, the Maiden period is, is considered spring. So it's kind of like, um, you know, a younger female. She's She's young, she's developing, she's becoming more mature, she's developing into her sexual maturity. And then um, the mother phase is kind of summertime. So, you know, plants are growing, uh, vegetables and fruits are producing seeds and populating the earth and trees are growing and blooming and reseeding the earth, that kind of thing. And, and kind of taking care of things, helping things grow. And then we get to the crone phase, which is the fall. So that's about you know, getting to older age and things are gradually dying, slowly dying and fading away. So I hope you can find a way to incorporate the Wheel of the Year into your life. Um, I'm going to do an episode on each uh, season of the Wheel of the Year to kind of help get more in-depth about it. Um, you know, I would invite you just to pay attention to the seasons. Uh, pay attention to the change of the trees, the plants around you, you know, see how they, they evolve through the seasons. What do the animals do? You know, what does the weather do? Um, just try to be present wherever you are, you know, whatever time of year it is. It's fall right now, but you may be listening to this some other time of the year. And just, just look around. Look at the animals. Look at the plants, you know, the trees, the weather. See, see how it's evolving. See how you can resonate with that and apply it to your life. 
um, pick a spot, you know, at, local to you, maybe a, a park, or if you're lucky enough to live on some land, go into the forest and pick a nice area and visit that area once a week or, you know, once a month and just observe the changes in that area. You know, if you live in a city, um, find a tree, find something that's you know is going to be there or a bush and, and just watch that plant over the course of a year and see how it evolves and see how it's affected by weather and the seasons and the cold air and the warm air and the rain and, you know, just, just kind of develop a connection with it. Just watch the changes that it grows through. You know, it's really interesting when you when you take on this task and try to start doing that, you kind of become more aware of yourself paying attention to this, but you also become aware of other people not paying attention. And maybe they are, but very few people talk about it. They might say, oh, the, look at the leaves. The leaves are changing colors. They're nice, you know. Um, but it's really interesting to be in a space where there are other people around that are probably not paying attention to these types of things and it helps you to feel more connected with the earth and with nature around you so this is the will of the year and i hope uh, you know you it invites you to develop a relationship with you know the the land around you um, i hope you get out there and greet it acknowledge the changes that it goes through you know just like you you go through changes as well and that's how we are all connected through the wheel of the year and thank you for listening Circle. Continuity. Evolution with return to primacy. Encompassing. Excluding. Beginning and end. Start to finish. Starting again. Everywhere and nowhere. Formless form. Shapeless shape. Path of life. Path of earth. Path of sun. Path of galaxy. Path of blood, air, water, and fire. From minute to grandiose wonders, ever-present, non-existent, reciprocity, give and take, love in all things. Thank you so much for joining in at the Druid's Grove. I thoroughly enjoyed sharing this time and information with you. I hope you learned something and are inspired to build a connection to the earth and the world around you. If you liked what was shared, please feel free to give back at Buy Me A Coffee. Join me on Substack, where I have transcripts, or listen on YouTube, and find the group on social media. For more information, check the show notes. I'll see you in the Grove. Until next time. Mm-hmm.